Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mercatus's podcast, Digital Grocer. I'm your host, Sylvain Perrier, President and CEO of Mercatus Technologies. And joining me is Mark Ferris, our Senior Director of Marketing. Hello, everyone. And it's uh, Tuesday. We're at NRS. <laughs> Sorry, I, so. I don't know what day of the week it is anymore. <laughs> I've just blacked out. This is what trade shows do <laughs> to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's uh, Tuesday here in New York. It's gotten cold. Yeah, when we came in on Saturday, Sunday, it yeah. was 75. It was beautiful weather. is crazy. Yeah. Scary almost. You know? Almost scary. Yeah. The effects of global warming. Yeah. Or you, s- know? you would have to think. I don't know anymore. I'm not a climatologist yeah. or an, you know, an expert of this stuff, and I barely not trust yet. the weatherman. So. <laughs> but in any case, we're here in New York City, NRF 2020. It's been a great show. A lot of cool stuff to see, especially in Innovation Lab upstairs. I've been down here on level one. We're at booth uh, 1418, yep. door 1C. Yep. You know, the one thing that we like to do on this podcast, Digital Grocer, is to be completely unbiased and to help our retail community understand the choices and the options that they have and to better service their customers and solve their business problems and ultimately just do what's right. For them. Yeah, for them, yeah. right? And this show is really not about Mercatus. I've mm-hmm. talked about this quite a few times. In fact, we went as far as interviewing in a past episode the yeah. CEO of Shop Hero, Rob Christian. Yeah, Rob Christian, which was a great interview. Rob yeah. had published a uh, interesting article on decoupling from Instacart yeah. on LinkedIn. So we figured we'd keep up the trend, and we decided to bring in an e-commerce retail thought leader yeah. who is the CEO of Grocer Key. His name is Jeremy Naren. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much Welcome. for having me. Yeah, uh, pleasure to be here. Guys. Uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Tell us a story about how you built Grocer Key, its genesis. Sure. So much like you, you know, been at it for kind of a long time, close to 15 years. 2006, I started a direct-to-consumer online grocery business in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So I went to UW-Madison and kind of saw a need at the time for delivery service kind of geared towards college students. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I call it an online grocery business. It was really more of a convenience store gotcha. on wheels. So no storefront, e-commerce only, and it was more of a on-demand kind of purchase pattern. So, yeah. you know, 20 minutes or less fairly small basket size you know about a thousand SKUs, and you know really a convenient service for college students and over time we started to develop our own technology to Mm -hmm. power that business Mm -hmm. and incidentally I had a desire to scale that business and we transitioned away from warehousing all of our own inventory into partnering with a local grocer Mm -hmm. in downtown Madison that grocer had their own e-commerce business, which was powered by MyWebGrocer. <laughs> and so we got to witness you know, some of the pitfalls of that yep. solution up front and center over a period of about right. a year. And we decided, you know, maybe there's a bigger opportunity here in becoming a B2B business. Right. We had, de- like I said, developed our own software mm-hmm. and we had felt like we had developed a lot of expertise that was really going to be valuable to the retailers because we saw this, you know, kind of local mom and pop in downtown mm-hmm. Madison really struggling on the fulfillment side. And, right. you know, I always say I'm kind of an e-grocery nerd. And so the e-grocery nerd in me came out and I said, maybe we could help these folks, you know, on the fulfillment side. And. Yeah, so that, that was kind of the impetus for starting Grocer Key 2014. Now, and you guys today are now how many retailers north of 10? We work with 10 retailers yeah, throughout yeah. the U.S. and Canada today. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. And, yeah. you know, when you go into a project, I think you're like me. You're fairly hands-on with the business. Very. Right? Yeah. And you're going in, you may be ripping and replacing an existing system, mm-hmm. or you're doing something that's fairly ground up for them. Yeah. What do you advise as those first key things that these retailers need to think about in terms of being successful? 
think the big thing is, it sounds so simple, but devising a strategy. Right. I think a lot of retailers' instinct is, how mm -hmm. do we get the website stood up? Right. And to right. me, that's like a fraction of the equation. Right. It's like, what are we really trying to mm -hmm. accomplish here? What business results are we trying to achieve? Right. Do you find that they're more tactically oriented? I think that's the retailer's yeah. instinct. I mean, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I that's, would agree. I mean, I think across the board. Yeah. And so we're learning as we go through more of these implementations, like that's just the way the retailer is right. wired and it's kind of the way they have to be right. wired. And so I think rather than push, right. we have to acknowledge this simply is what is and yeah. how can we work within that environment. Yeah. We at Mercatus face, I don't call it a daunting challenge, but some grocery retailers are more operationally oriented mm -hmm. and I think it depends where their leaders grew up especially mm -hmm. if it's a family business right yeah some are marketing oriented some are IT oriented you have any tricks in terms of how do you strike that balance between those three groups it's tough it's tough right? yeah well, if you develop any tricks please let me know um, <laughs> yeah it's really difficult I think you learn from the beginning you know mm -hmm. even in the pre-sales process kind of who's running the show right because like you said, it could be any of these different departments. Right. It could be IT, it could be marketing, it could be ops, yeah. it could be the C-suite. Yeah. And depending upon who's kind of running the show, you're yeah. going to see you're going to see what the points of emphasis are, but right. it's important to think, you know, comprehensively. Yeah. Obviously. Do you find like one thing that we still see as a hurdle in our in the business in you know, working with retailers is product data. Yep. Do you guys see that at Grocer Key as well? It's so big, and product data means different things to different people. So right. I'd even be curious to hear what your guys' thoughts yeah. are on product data. But to yeah. us, and this is an area that we're investing in pretty heavily now, yeah. it's how do you standardize product data? Right, right, right. And how do you build really rich attributes that then lend itself to yeah. a greater customer yeah. experience? And I know you guys have the you know the aisle one announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that kind of ties in with yeah. all this. Yeah. Well, it's also, you know, we've talked about data governance on the retailer yeah. side. Yeah, sure. we're at, we're at that point. Helping educate them as to what they need to do yeah. operationally. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, I think the challenge that the retailers have is historically the data that they've brought in has been, not to be too techy here, is, has always been limited to some of the older POS systems. So, mm. you know, 32 character limit. So Truncated product titles. Well, MLK became, milk became MLK and yeah. kind of, you know, the weird things. And the unfortunate thing is that data because POS technology was one of the first big operating systems for grocery retail, that data has found itself bleeding into everything else. Yeah. Into ERP systems, into planning systems, and so on. So when we go in, you know, and I think all of us license some form of data from Item Master, Label Insights, or Gladson. Mm -hmm. And Quickie, Syndigo. Syndigo. Syndigo, yeah, Syndigo. that's true. Oh my God, I forgot. they're going to shoot me for saying that. You get a nasty email. That's like uh, brand police, right? Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so then what happens is that as much as we license those pieces of data, that correlation between what a retailer may have in the back end doesn't necessarily exist. Yeah. So we're having to come in with this process of data governance to say, okay, show us where your data lives. Mm -hmm. Let's assess the quality of that data. Yep. And then what can be reasonably achieved in a short period of time of cleaning up that data. Mm -hmm. And then we've gone as far as actually working with the merchants yep. and saying, hey, by the way, next time before you sign that PO to buy, I don't care if it's 50 cases of palm olive. Yeah. I don't know, I was thinking of soft hands. 
Yeah. <laughs> so random. You're shaking a lot of hands. I know. I, I am. And I'm like, God, somebody give me some palm olive. <laughs> Could you just make sure that the data that is being input into the system is at the very least correct? Yeah, smart. Right? That requires the marketing team or someone to come in and drop the hammer and say, this really needs to be done. Yeah. For Brookshire's, what we did out of Texas, we went straight and introduced, and they have a great ERP system that was implemented by SAP. We went and brought in Syndigo yep. to do that assessment to say, hey, and they'll do it. And Syndigo will do it. You know, Of course, gladly. Right? Yeah, yeah, gladly. It's their business sure. model. It's, yeah. it's their business model to yeah. kind of help that whole process be kick-started. Yeah. Because the reality is, and I think you know this, it affects your search. Yep. Right? Enormously. Enormously. It affects aisle one enormously. Or any personalization. Right? Any sure. engine, yeah. Sure. And it affects the presentation layer in any case. Right. Right? And that becomes a really big challenge. Now, you guys do something that we don't do. I think not even the smaller competitors do, whether it's yeah. you know, Shop Hero, Rosie, or Fresh Shop. Yeah. You guys actually run the entire infrastructure and team for one of your retailers. I think it's Woodman's, right? We do it for two now. Woodman's was the first, yeah. and that was really the foundation, frankly, of building right. the business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so what does that look like, what you guys are doing operationally for those two retailers? In effect, we are their digital arm, both from a technology standpoint and from a labor standpoint. So when you think about what many of these retailers have as a solution with you know, maybe Instacart or Shipped, yeah. we're providing something very similar, but we're doing it under their right. brand. Right. And one of our b other big differentiators is we utilize W-2 labor instead of 1099. Oh, and wow. we're firm believers in that yeah. for a number of reasons. Wow. Um, and I'm sure you can imagine some of them, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you get more accustomed with the store. You can yeah. actually implement, you know, you know, some level of oversight and kind of dictate how, you know, they're functionally operating in the store. Wow. Um, and so we actually yeah. think while there is higher cost on a yeah. unit basis, there's savings because you're driving efficiencies by utilizing W-2 labor. Well, that gives you guys an advantage in the space that you are not removed from the operational headache of running e-commerce, exactly. right? Exactly. We're living and breathing it yeah. every day. I always say our solution is built from the inside out rather right. than the outside right. in. Yeah. And frankly, that's yeah. our primary area of differentiation. Yeah. You know, There's a lot of us folks in this space, and yeah. I think we each do things a little bit differently and yeah. have something that makes us us, and that's that's what really is you know driving day-to-day -day decision making yeah. at Grocer Key. So I think you probably face the same challenge as us, but, and I, I'll answer the question. Sure. But I'll ask the question, then I'll answer it first okay. to for a head start. Every retailer wants some piece of innovation, a new feature or something. And when you're dealing with 10 plus clients and you're trying to be SaaS based, and that's a balancing act, right? SaaS based, single code based, multi-tenant. Yep. Not every feature can be built. Yep. And you have to own your own product roadmap. Yep. And you also have to be truly respectful of a retailer's product roadmap. Yep. Yep. And how do you strike that balance between what's right for you as a business? How do you keep your client satisfied? Sure. And, and I'll answer it first. I don't want to put you in the hot seat. No, I'm happy to answer okay, it. Go ahead. I mean, go we're, ahead. All, we're always talking go. about it, right? Yeah. I mean, the short answer is there is no perfect answer, right? Right. right. <laughs> If there was, we'd all be doing it because I think a lot of folks in the space deal with that problem. Yeah. I think it, ultimately it comes down to just having really honest conversations with the retailer. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, look, yeah. this is our business model. Yeah. Part of the reason you were able to save money by purchasing our software versus mm. building it on your own is we're a multi-tenant solution. Yeah. 
And as part of that, it does mean we can't yeah. satisfy every unique need of every one of our clients. So yeah. let's let's figure out what are the priorities. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, you end up accomplishing the things that truly need to get done for that yeah. retailer. So it's kind of guiding them to help them understand that. And it's not always an easy conversation. And candidly, sometimes retailers get upset. Yeah. And, but that happens in any relationship, you know, yeah. outside of business too, right? True. You're not going to be aligned on everything and so you just try to get aligned on the most you possibly can. Yeah, right? and I think you're right. And I think the one thing that we've been trying to do in the last maybe year and a half, when we get a request, and they're not sporadic, these requests, right? Because we try to meet from a product perspective once a quarter with our retailers yep. to say, here's where we are on a roadmap, here's what's been completed, here's what's next, here are yep. the features you've requested. When a request comes in, we try to justify it with data yep. to see, is this really going to make a difference? Yeah. Why are we doing what we're doing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And will as, it help the retailer? To, yeah. As opposed to someone's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not. In the yeah. Conversation, yeah. No right? gut instinct. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like there's this one feature we have. I know it's table stakes in the industry. The ability to email a shopping list. Sure. <laughs> Retailers love that one, though. They right? love it, but yeah. what we find in our platform, it's less than 0.01% usage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But retailers are accustomed to we have to accommodate everyone, we, right? 100%. Yeah, and yeah. then we explain, well, listen, if we build that feature, here's what's going to happen. We have to regress it. Yeah. Every time we make an update of the code, it'll have to be go through more testing and more testing and more testing yeah. of these things. And, and again, we just can't do everything. Sure. So we try to tell a story with the numbers more often than not. Yep. Now, I know you and I are waging a war against the behemoth in the space. Sure. <laughs> and you've been prolific on LinkedIn and everywhere, as have we, yep. against Instacart. Are you hearing anything on the street of them these days? <sighs> Probably the same things you are. I yeah. mean, I think we all hear the same things. Yeah. I do think that there is a shift where retailers yeah. are starting to acknowledge some of the dangers of being exclusively reliant on yeah. them. Mm -hmm. Now, I will admit over the last year or so, I've kind of backed off a little bit because yeah. there's been so much negative steam on them. And I yeah. do think that there are some inherent benefits yeah. of working with them and SHIP for that matter. I yeah. think the challenge has been the way in which they've been utilized. So when you are exclusively reliant on an right. Instacart or SHIP, to me, yeah. that's just very dangerous. Yeah. And yeah. you know, look at history and in every other industry for that matter, well, yeah, how, it's, how things have played out. And telecom industry in Canada, Nortel, great example top sure. of their game and just faltered i mean we can think of so many different examples exactly yeah i would agree we hear the exact same thing i think the i hate to say the word come to jesus moment mm -hmm. but that's the reality i think a lot of retailers have realized whether it's a small retailer you know 10 20 stores up to a much larger retailer that we have to own our experience we have to own our data yeah but more importantly we have to own our ecosystem yeah my gripe about Instacart is not the fact that they're a competitor in the space. It's a closed-in system. Yeah. So you can't, you know, the amount of times we've been engaging conversations with retailers that are exclusively using them, and the retailer wants to add in-mark couponing. Sure. Or wants to add another third-party system, an integration with Salesforce for their CRM or something right. like that. Right. And it, no, we won't, no, Instacart no, won't do it. And that's yeah. not really a true enterprise class system. Yeah. more than anything, right? That becomes a really a really amazing challenge in the industry, in the space. So you just joined Forbes for their technology council. Yep. Oh, good. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And you're welcome. So you published your first piece. I'm wondering if you could talk to us about that. 
Sure. So that was a, technically a blog, and soon we'll be kind of doing an extension of that on mm-hmm. Forbes, but splitting hairs, I guess. Yeah, so I did the, are you talking about the 2020 predictions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, you know, one of the big things is the kind of the marketplace movement. I do right. think this is going to be a huge year for yeah. that, just because there's been so many retailers reliant on them that are starting to acknowledge that's not the long-term answer. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, all the other kind of big headlines, you know, where do I see it going? So, ton of stuff right now around micro-fulfillment, yeah. which I think is super interesting, but it's not for every retailer. Right. And so, I think the way that's being analyzed is fascinating to see. You know, it's going to be the answer in many mm-hmm. cases, but in many cases, it's simply not. It's cost prohibitive mm-hmm. or just not, you know, in the right environment for it. Mm-hmm. An example being, you know, we have a client, Fairway Market in Iowa. They have yeah. 120 stores throughout mostly rural Iowa micro fulfillment probably not a near-term answer for that no you know and then you know i think that there's just going to be some consolidation i think there's going to be a lot of activity perhaps even with uh with instacart right. you know and it'll be interesting to see what the cascading impact of that is right you know? that could be huge it could be enormous yeah i mean imagine if a big retailer swallows them up or you know they ipo and suddenly you know they're maybe even drawing a more hard line with retailers. Right. You know, you can imagine all of the possibilities. Hey, I think we're you, all thinking about it. Could right? you imagine if it got harder for retailers in the relationship with Instacart? Yeah, it's entirely possible. That's though, right? insane. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So, if you had to give some advice to a retailer that's going to get into the e-commerce space, what would you tell them? Again, I think you know, taking a step back initially and saying, what are we truly trying to accomplish mm-hmm. from a business standpoint, not just standing up the technology and then stashing it in the corner. That doesn't accomplish anything for anyone. And I think really focusing on the fundamentals of mm-hmm. what is the customer experience, not only you know, on the technology side, but transitioning all the way into the customer experience. You know, when I come pick up my order or the order's delivered to my home, that's customer experience too. It's not digital necessarily, yeah. but it's equally, if not more impactful in my opinion, yeah. so what that whole, you know, that comprehensive customer experience looks like. Did you, I mean, you've been here for, I think, two days since yep. Sunday, right? Yep. And you walked the show. Yep. Did you see anything that's like, wow, that's like, I never thought about that. Or is it just more of the same? If I'm gonna be honest, it's yeah. more of the same. I mean, I think there's more, you, you start to see thematically where there's you know stuff yeah. that's coming to the surface more and more. You know, obviously there's more like Amazon Go lookalikes. There's a ton of stuff around AI, which I know you guys are you know starting to dive into more yeah. and more. So there's, you know, common themes and you know, you have to take something away from that. Right. But I'm big on like simple solutions to complex problems. Yeah. And candidly, that doesn't make for a great trade show booth. So you don't see <laughs> you it. Don't, you don't know. Just put that on your back. Yeah, maybe it does. I don't know. That's maybe. actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I think he took it off. He took it first. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't trademarked it yet. That's hilarious. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was uh, a lot of fun. You're welcome. How do people get a hold of you? I am a you know LinkedIn power user. So mm-hmm. you know Jeremy Naren, last name spelled N-E-R-E-N. Please you know uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Email's better. Jeremy at grocerkey.com, and it's G-R-O-C-E-R-K-E-Y. Sometimes there's a Y inserted at the oh, end no. of grocer. <laughs> we deal with that. I don't know if you guys deal with name we, issues. Oh, know. we do. Yeah. There's other. There's another company called Mercatus, right? Or yeah, a couple maybe. Yeah, it's a healthcare. Okay. That's a healthcare. Yeah. But we also deal with companies that have names that are close to us. Sure. Yeah, but it's okay. We take care of those uh, issues. Yes. Uh, I can <laughs> guess who that is. Yes. <laughs> and Mark, how do people get a hold of us? www.mercatus.com. Awesome. Folks, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And don't forget to listen to our next episode. Mm-hmm.